following professional development session was titled Distracted Minds to Genuine Connection. It was held January 5th, 2021. Thank you so much, Aaron, and thank you all for tuning in. I know uh, it's a, hopefully been a good break for you and everyone's getting it's a busy week. It's a very busy week for everyone. So I appreciate you taking the time to join us this afternoon. Um, and this session really is about the importance of connection and interpersonal connection, especially given our current context. So before we begin, if you have not yet participated in the poll, if you click toward the center of your screen, there should be a little view poll button and you can click that one there and just gonna get a little bit of a pulse for what brought you here today. Either you don't remember what brought you to the session, perhaps you felt really distracted last semester. Of course, Dr. Lisa Johnson is my hero and hopefully look at already four people have selected that. Looking for new ways to connect with students and then of course other. Aaron wanted to select all the above. So if you want all the above, then I would say click number five there. So as people are responding to that, uh, just kind of a fun way to, to warm up our brains a little bit and get us started. As Aaron said, my name is Alex Kappas and I am the success coach for um, Health Sciences and Human Services. I'm also a PhD candidate uh, at the Michigan State University Higher Adult and Lifelong Education Program. Um, I joined the CCCC community in August and uh, have really enjoyed my time here at the college. This topic is really important to me because my entire onboarding, everything that I know about Central Carolina, I have had to learn from the comfort of my own home uh, for the most part. So connection to me is really critical to staying motivated in my work and I'm really uh, excited about the session that we've developed for you today. So I'll turn it over to Dr. Johnson. Good afternoon, everyone. I know most of you know me, I'm Dr. Lisa Johnson and I'm the Dean of Health Sciences and Human Services. And so this whole idea, I just wanna talk a little bit about how the idea came about. Alex sent an article, it was a Chronicle article, and he sent that to the other success coaches and Dean McMeekin. Well, Dean McMeekin turned around and shared that with the other deans. And I immediately replied and had my brilliant idea that this needs to be a presentation. And as Alex tends to do, Alex tends to make dreams come true. So um, <laughs> Alex was able to take this idea that I had and absolutely run with it. So I want to preface today by saying that Alex is absolutely amazing, has done the lion's share of the work in this presentation, all off of a crazy idea. Um, so we appreciate you guys being here today and sharing in this journey with us so that we can try to help continue connection for ourselves and for our students and for the college. So thank you guys. So we're gonna start today by uh, a little framing, then we're gonna move into sharing some strategies in engaging students and connecting with one another, and then we'll close with an activity that we hope that each of you will take place um, and take part in for the semester. So we have a challenge for you guys today too. Even in a presentation about distraction, some of you are going to be very tempted to check email, social media, and all of the above. Um, as we all typically do, but we're hoping that for this next hour that you guys will commit to connection and engage with us fully. So we're going to start that engagement by a two-word check-in that you can post in the chat box. And this was inspired by Brene Brown, and Brene Brown tweeted that she starts every meeting with a two-word check-in. 
They take turns sharing two words and describe how they're feeling that day. And so we all have the human need to see others and be seen. So um, while you're posting your two words in the chat, I will say that today I am feeling positive and connected. So let's see how you guys are feeling. <laughs> Tired and productive, Sandra. I'm, I kind of hear you there. <laughs> productive and rushed, Faye. That's, that's the week the classes start, huh? Super busy read. <laughs> oh, I love the inspired and distracted. Cold and antsy. I'm with you on that one too, Wilma. It's pretty cold, Nancy. Anxious but hopeful. Michelle, that, that word hopeful is going to come back in a little bit. And then Barbara, hungry and determined. <laughs> awesome, happy and hungry. I guess some people missed lunch too. <laughs> Anxious and productive. That's awesome. So as those are, are rolling in, um, this is just a great uh, way to get kind of a pulse of how your team's doing, uh, whether that's your faculty department meeting or uh, your team in an administrative unit on the campus. So we're going to kind of set the stage here. So as we've referenced, you know, we're living in an increasingly distracted society and world. You know, the influx of technology, of course, is probably the number one culprit for a lot of this distraction, and even long before the pandemic, right? The influx of new technology and our over-reliance on them for work and leisure has prompted a lot of concern, a lot of scholarly concern about brain development, attention span, mental health, reading comprehension, and so much more. Um, of course, social media, Dr. Johnson mentioned social media. I'm an avid social media user, I enjoy it. Um, many of us use it, and certainly many of our students do, but it also uh, has some downsides, right? Um, the increased consumption and these, devi these devices and these platforms are really designed to keep people hooked, to really tap into our uh, impulses, to keep us consuming and posting and increasingly distracted. And perhaps worst of all is falling into the trap of constant comparison or buying into unrealistic portrayals of life, right? After all, who posts the recipe of a failed uh, dish that they tried to make, right? We only post the things that are going well, the things that are positives, right? So that only adds to our anxiety and disconnection. Speaking of which, um, we're also living through an unpre unprecedented time of decreased connection to community organizations, civic society, religious organizations, and more. Harvard professor Robert Putman in his book, Bullying Alone, says that Americans are on uh, track, that the bonds of our communities have withered and that we have the right to fear that this transformation has real costs, um, that, that disconnection. And also to couple that with, we're living through one of the most divisive periods of our history, division uh, across sociocultural, racial, and political divides. Political polarization is an all-time high. In fact, research shows that people are actually more likely to vote out of disgust for the, quote, other side than actually the belief in the ideas espoused by their own side, a concept known as negative partisanship. So again, this division, this disconnection is just rampant and so prevalent. So now we're going to talk about connections specific to our students, some issues that they may face. And so our students are facing an increased basic need insecurity. So on top of all these challenges, they're facing alarming levels of food and housing insecurity. And of course, we're seeing that here at our college as well. Our students are facing mental health challenges and concerns. Those are on the rise. And that's compounded by technology, loss of real connection and isolation. 
and then not to mention the actual elephant in the room. And by the way, we haven't even talked about COVID-19 yet. Our um, students, they're living through our COVID-19 challenges. And one of you mentioned that as part of your two words in the chat box earlier, you know, looking for that vaccination. So with all of these trends that we're talking about have existed before COVID-19, the pandemic has only served to amplify our reliance on technology, disconnected nature of our communities, our social division, anxiety, and more. And we are living in an age of ultimate distraction where I know most of us have multiple devices at one time. We're talking about I, you know, your watches, your phones, your tablets, the computer, every possible distraction there could be. So when we're living in a time of ultimate distraction, we really need to take things back to their basic needs. And thinking about that, you think about Maslow and the basic need to just feel safe and then to in turn feel connection and love. And so our faculty and staff want and need student attention to be able to achieve the course of outcomes, but we have to first pay attention to students and make sure they feel heard and valued. And Dr. Frank Shushrock in his Assessment Institute keynote talked about some core convictions. So number one, if we don't like what we see out there, there's no better place than to work right here. And number two, every college employee when armed with clarity about mission is an educator. And then this was one of our um, two words too, hope. Hope is our superpower. And I think that's something that we really need going into the spring semesters to be focused on that sort of hope. I have a couple questions, one of which is, what are we trying to increase the probability of occurring? And then what are we doing when we are doing what we are doing? When you look at our values, and that's really what we're getting at with core convictions, they really are values. And you look at our values that we have as a college, and I know that all of you have your own personal values as well. So we're not helpless in navigating the world through the complex challenges or in even answering the questions of what we're trying to increase or what we're really trying to do. So our values guide us and remind us that people are always at the center of all that we do. Absolutely. And uh, in line with that, when we think about student success and where our field has evolved, um, we went from um, in the scholarly literature from talking about integration, where it's really the student's responsibility to integrate into the college culture. Then in the late 2000s, it moved to sense of belonging and really encouraging students to feel like they belong to an institution, to a place, to a program. And now uh, one of the, the more recent and actually uh, specific to community colleges is collective affiliation. So how can the college actually adapt? How can you as a faculty or staff member actually adapt to be able to um, affiliate with the student, to be predicting and try to, trying to understand what the needs of the students are? And that means that the highest performing community colleges are those where the faculty and staff are thinking critically about the ways that connect and build genuine connections. Students can read between uh, what is uh, mechanic and what is on autopilot versus what's actually had some thought put into it, has some care and some genuine connection um, being offered. And um, it goes a really long way. And obviously, um, it takes a lot of work, though, to do these things. So that's really what our um, session is going to kind of focus on today is connecting. And uh, Dr. Johnson is going to start with connecting with students. 
James Lang, the author of the Chronicle article that really spurred this professional development session, indicated three strategies that can assist us in connecting with students. And the first one is to recognize our students' individuality. So it's moving away from a deficit lens, thinking about the fact that they bring their unique life stories and experiences, which is their perspective, which can help provide new perspectives on familiar questions and challenges that we all face. And then second, using their names rarely. And I know that that's an easy thing to do when you're in person in class, but then how are we doing that online? So it's very challenging in your asynchronous courses to use their names. Um, and But maybe it's a matter of the way you provide comments about their work that shows that you've learned something about them and that you're really invested in them as a person. And then third, speak to all corners of the room. So the content we want students to learn matters. But if students don't feel they matter, they're less likely to connect with the material. Awesome. So again, I really encourage you all to check out that article. I pasted the link here in the chat. And so it's definitely something to, to visit with after. It's a really a pretty short read to only take you five uh, to eight minutes or so. Now, we asked you and about uh, 35 of you responded to questions about connections with students um, as it related to the fall semester. And like I said, a little over 30 of you um, completed the survey and around two thirds of you said that you felt either moderately or highly connected to your students last semester. And only uh, I would say one third said that you felt slightly connected. Now on the flip side of that, the chart on the uh, right hand side of your screen, about 47% of you said that you think your students were connected either moderately or slightly. And over half of you said that you thought students felt slightly or not at all connected. Um, so obviously, this is subjective data. This isn't hard, you know, scientifically backed. But it is to, to an extent of 30-ish of you responded to this, this uh, survey. And what we really wanted to do is highlight the fact that we would love in an ideal world for everything, both these charts to be 100% green, right, where everybody uh, every student feels connected and that we know that we've done our jobs in a way that every student we know for a fact every student feels connected here. Um, the fact that we can't say that doesn't mean we're not working hard enough, we're not trying hard enough, it just means we have continued work to do. We have continued ways that we can learn how to engage. And with the start of a new semester, what better way to um, hopefully learn some things from each other to be able to start to implement some new ideas and new techniques, new strategies to engage students. And so in that same survey, uh, the pre-session survey, y'all talked about this, this notion of it being, it, it takes a lot of extra work to be proactive, to build those connections with students, that it's really challenging, uh, especially the second quote, it was really challenging to um, build connections with students and, and do that important work, but also get through the content right for accreditation purposes for licensing exams all kinds of things that you and your respective programs have to do um it's a delicate balance now what we would we would say and i think y'all are are probably on the same page with this one is that that hard work and that extra effort of being proactive and building the connections is actually going to help the students stay more motivated in the learning itself um, and research would actually back us up on that as well now this is the part that I'm most excited about in this session today, is to um, not only share some of the things that you all shared 
in in the actual uh, survey, but also to open up the floor, the virtual floor here in a minute, to hear from some of you about some of the things that you've you've done to build connections with students either in the classroom asynchronously, synchronously, or with your administrative programs and services. A mentor that I adore, uh, he always says that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And boy, was that true with your responses. When you all responded in the survey about the things that you did to build support that was personal and build genuine connections with your students, you, you did a lot of amazing things. And Dr. Johnson has dropped a link here in the chat if you want to open that one up in another browser um, or look at it later. That's cool, too. We've compiled all of the responses on pages three and four about what you've said, about how you've connected with students. And I kind of grouped these up into themes. So we've got expectations uh, setting and holistic support. One of you said that you one of the things that you thought really worked was at the start of the semester sharing with students the importance of just kind of responding to things, even even with it if it's just a thumbs up, um, but encouraging the students to communicate and and letting them know that that's a way to build trust, right? The other thing that uh, we pulled from this was the the really unique ways that you worked through the asynchronous uh, environment, right? Some of you are teaching fully online asynchronous courses where the students don't get to see you even like this, right? It's not face to face and it's not live, and so. You know, one of you in an asynchronous course, you still required a one-on-one -on -one virtual meeting in one of your classes. I thought that was really cool because surely the asynchronous means that the students can do it on their own time and surely they can, you know, find time uh, within their schedule to meet with you even over the phone. Um, but that's a great way to build a personal connection. And I know, um, so, uh, I believe it was Dean McMeekin actually gave me the tip in my asynchronous course to uh, post a video and introduce myself and share, you know, shared a picture of my family with the students. And they said, you're the first faculty member to do that. Um, so those small touches really do go a long way in kind of building and, and humanizing you. Because right now, especially with the asynchronous, you are the robot behind the screen managing that class. In person, when possible, um, those of you who are able to um, have lab time and things like that, really working hard to all the things that Dean Johnson talked about, you know, remembering names, remembering something important about some about the student that you remember about them. And then those of you teaching synchronous courses, utilizing the tools at, at your disposal, now is the time to try out the, the, the frills, right? Now is the time to, um, one of you said you start every class with a silly poll. And it was a way to kind of lower the temperature. It was a way to kind of establish some connection and put people at ease, put students at ease, um, and make the virtual learning environment feel a little less cold. Because it can, you know, especially as folks are logging on, it just feels cold, right? It's not that, it's, it's so different than walking into a, a classroom and having, you know, a group of, of students there, right? And then ongoing communication efforts. A lot of you talked about the ways that you have um, done really great communication um, with students through audio messages even. So at this point, I'm, I'm going to ask for a couple brave souls to go ahead and, and uh, raise your hand. We're going <laughs> to act like we're in class. Go ahead and raise your hand. So click the little raise hand button. And if you have an idea or you have something that worked really well, last semester that we haven't mentioned yet that you want to share with this group today that you think will help someone else in this virtual space. Go ahead and raise your hand and then unmute yourself. 
Um, so I see Steve Womack. Go ahead and unmute yourself and chime in. Uh, yes, sir. One of the things that um, I did with a number of my classes that kind of got us started was I would I would have what I would call a pre-quiz. I would have uh, anywhere from five to seven questions, true, false, or short answer, multiple choice for students to answer on the unit that we were going to go over to, first of all, just kind of get us thinking about that. And also, as a very um, uh, not uh, non-stressful way to begin the class because the pre-quiz and doing it did not count as a grade at all, but uh, it, it got them involved in the class, got them involved in our unit and what we were doing, and uh, also it enabled me to see who was engaged from the beginning. I'm one who wondered, uh, you know, one of my main things I, I want to, in my teaching, to teach students to perfect their lives by using Google. Uh, I want them to think and learn on their own. And, uh, you know, I also think about those students who might just log in and then, you know, leave the room or go somewhere. Uh, so uh, that's one of my purposes in doing that. Fantastic. Um, anyone else willing to share something that they did uh, last semester that kind of put a special touch, a special genuine touch in either pro providing uh, teaching or um, one of your programs or services. Hey, everybody. Um, the best thing I did for Connection last semester um, was something that I think Summerlin said in a workshop at the beginning of fall semester, and that was to put a little check-in to build into your classes to ask your students to tell you genuinely how they're doing and give them a little bit of extra credit for it like it was it was nothing in the grand scheme of how the class was graded overall but it meant that in the first week of classes i got to do kind of this flurry of recommending people on to internet help and you know closed closets and food banks and like all kinds of stuff and um, i feel like it built a lot of goodwill at the beginning of the class and then i did it three times over the course of the semester i really loved it and i'm going to use it in every class from now on on whether whether it's a pandemic or not fantastic um i think dean mcmahon you're next yeah just uh really quick i i love the ideas somebody shared earlier with asking the two questions at the beginning i know uh, when I was teaching in person, I would do what was called a whip around and it served two different purposes. So uh, the whip around, what it is, you just ask a general question, have everybody just fire off their answers like one by one. And so the two things that I would use it for were, you know, if we ask like, what's your favorite type of ice cream? Or if you're lactose intolerant, what's your favorite type of dessert, right? And so then everybody would go around the room, say what they did. And so two things would happen. One, is that it would create a connection between students because then it's like, oh, I like this, you know, you like that too. So that's just something we at least have in common. But the other part was then you also get a lot of ideas for when you're uh, using metaphors or any kind of examples, you can use the things that they've shared that they've liked and then they, they usually grasp on some concepts a lot faster when you're sharing something that's related to what they like. And so those were just the two things, but I, I really uh, like that. And earlier also, when you mentioned the whole thing about the mutual membership, I think that's amazing as well. So I just want to share that. Excellent, thank you so much. And uh, Dr. Holmes, would you like to share uh, a strategy that you worked on last semester? Sure, so when I was um, preparing to teach Spanish 111 online, 
asynchronously, I was really sad. <laughs> uh, so I, I did the same as you. I made a video because I wanted the students to know that I, you know, I was a human being, that I speak Spanish and English, and they could ask me questions in either language. And then I just offered them the opportunity if they wanted to make a video and let me know who they were, they could send me a link to that video. And I got some really cool videos. I had a student play me a song on the guitar. They were really excited to share. Um, and I had one send me an audio link. He wanted to introduce himself, but he didn't want me to see his face. And that was fine too. I still learned a bit about him. So at the end of that, I was I was talking to them, you know, through email about how thankful I was for the videos to get to know them. And they asked if they could share them with each other. Um, and so then it just created a little bit of community. And so it really wasn't my idea, it was theirs, but it was how we could make a language class happen and feel a little bit more connected, even though it was asynchronous. I think that's so incredibly true. Thank you for sharing, Dr. Holmes and Dean McMeekin. Providing this space is incredibly important. And a lot of times when we provide that space, we are incredibly surprised by what students will come up with and how that really changes the dynamics and the connecting and how they learn. So thank you guys so much for being willing to share. So um, we've talked a little bit about connecting with students, or I guess a lot about connecting with students. But now I think it's really talking about attention and attention being reciprocal. So when I pay attention to you, you're much more likely to pay attention to me. And we've been giving some examples of how the students felt you paying attention to them. So they were much more likely to pay attention to you. And but the same is true. The flip version of that, which is distraction. The more distracted I am in my interactions with you, the less likely you are to give me your full attention. And that's kind of what happens a lot with us, especially, you know, between a faculty position, staff positions, we're juggling a lot of things. And at a lot of times we are just distracted just simply by the nature of the job. And that can translate over to our students seeing and noticing that distraction and then giving us less attention. But in talking so much about how we connect with our students, it's equally important to talk about how we connect with one another. And Brene Brown has so many amazing quotes. I'm going to share. There's one on the screen and then I'm going to share another one where she said, we all have the human need to see others and to be seen. The realness connects us. And we're used to that seeing others as being in person and now most of the seeing of others is virtual. Um, but the connection piece is equally as important. So with connecting with students being important, why is it so important for us to also connect with each other? And these are some comments that you guys can place into the chat box. And we'll give you a few minutes to do that. Amen, Dr. Holmes, to know that we are not alone. Yes, Sandra. And that loneliness is really a theme. Yes, the administrative side of things, it absolutely helps with our collaboration. Idea and strategy sharing. That's incredibly important to Lenny. Instead of reinventing the wheel and feeling alone, just talking to each other and being connected can help us. Um, just like we're sharing our ideas today with each other. And some of the ideas may not transfer one-to-one -one for your courses, but you can learn something from those ideas that you can put into your course and make really strong connections. And checking in, Sandra, that's incredibly important. Yes, check in on us and us check in on them. That's a great one too, Shelley, because that growth and development interdepartmental relationships really is critical for our students. That connection that we have with each other is what's really going to help our students be successful between a, let's just say, a university transfer course and then what a student decides to do next, whether that's 
move on to a university setting or complete a CTE program or complete one of our health sciences programs. So in our survey, we asked you guys the question about how connected you felt with your colleagues this semester. And amazingly, you, approximately 54% of you indicated feeling moderately to highly connected to your colleagues last semester. So I'd say with the environment, with all of the changes, that's encouraging. A third of you felt slightly connected though, and 12% not connected at all. So that's one of those things that it becomes important that you know we'd wanna see 100% of us feel connected to each other in some capacity. And you guys have had some amazing ideas to share about how you did feel connected this semester. So some of the things that you had to say was that it's very isolating. And today in the chat, you said how lonely it is. And so it's, it, it's isolating whenever your students can't just stop by or whether your um, coworkers just can't stop by. And then some of you indicated that you never really heard from any of your colleagues this fall, that no one reached out to you. And so I am incredibly hopeful that that's something that our group, after attending this presentation, can be really aware of and try to make sure that we're also reaching out to each other. And um, so Alex is going to post a link where you guys can look at a lot of the other comments that were listed. And so what is one thing or more that a colleague did, colleague did that made you feel valued this semester? Amanda Carter was your hero. There you go. That's a good connection. And a call each week. Danette, that's awesome. The responses we received, they range from kudos and recognition that you had received from your coworkers or your department chair, program director, uh, to being able to collaboratively engage in a thoughtful conversation about topics that were important to you as well as the college. Many of you talked about the importance of teamwork, regular check-in meetings, and some areas even did a weekly or a daily check-in. And I think Barbara posted about daily online meetings, which can serve as a wonderful connection between you and your, your faculty and staff. And then really key one, was the importance of communication via, it can be simple things, a text, an email, GTAT, phone calls, or even a good old fashioned snail mail. I know a few people actually mentioned receiving cards throughout the semester, which I think is wonderful. So if any of you would also like to um, share with us some of the actions that you took to connect with colleagues or an action that a colleague did to connect with you. And you can raise your hand and we'll, move through that process that way. Department Google Chat is awesome too, Shelley. Go ahead, Sandra. Lord, I don't want this to come off as criticism because it certainly is not. It's but the same space, Sandra, so yeah. feel free to share. Please don't take this as criticism. In our humanities department, um, I'm kind of one of the outsiders because I'm a communication person. There's only two of us full-time folk. And so I cannot say for certain what the English faculty did because there's a whole heap of them. And so I take the responsibility as much on my own shoulders as anyone. I should have done more to reach out to my colleagues. And I think in recognizing that now, I wish I could, you know, I will do better. But one thing it kind of forced me to do is connect with those outside my department uh, via Facebook connections and so forth. Lisa, of course, you became my little Facebook friend. We've yeah. chatted on different occasions. And so it, it forced me out of my department to connect with other people. And so that's what I was going to say is it widened my interdisciplinary 
connections, which is good. That's one of those things too, I think is important that connection sometimes it can be found in so many different places, right? And if it's not being met in one place, finding where you can meet it and then thinking about what you can do differently in the future, right? Um, and so I was very fortunate, Sandra, that it gave us the opportunity to connect, even though we use Facebook and social media, um, but it definitely gave me the opportunity to get to know you a little better. And I appreciated that opportunity. And so I look forward to seeing the things that we can do moving forward in order to create additional connections. I would say, I don't know if I'm allowed to go, Dr. Johnson, but I'm just going <laughs> to go. You know, one of the things that came out in the in the survey responses was how committee work became, um, I even think someone mentioned this in the chat, um, committee work became something that in a typical year may have felt like extra. But for me as a newbie to the college, like taking on extra things like serving on search committees or working on this presentation, like these were really great ways to feel connected. So if you have new people joining your department, I highly recommend like ask them if they want to co-present. I'm sure Aaron uh, Blakely would welcome more professional development sessions this year. You know, but uh, other things, right? What are what are other things that your department could be working on together to not only advance the mission and vision of the college, but also to help people feel connected? Because I tell you, without that, I'd be, I'd probably have been in this room uh, with my dog and, and coaching all day, which is great. But that connection to others is going to help me be better at my job because I'm going to learn more about the college. So definitely. Yes, Bruno the bravest. <laughs> All right. In that same in that same realm, taking care of ourselves, right? Um, one of the questions on the survey was about, you know, what have you done to stay motivated? Because the thing that when Dr. Johnson and I were writing up this presentation, we said, you know, we can talk all day about strategies about connecting with students and about connecting with colleagues. But if we're not taking care of ourselves, if we're not taking the time that we need to recharge, this this Zoom time, this screen time, it is draining um, because it's using different senses that we wouldn't be otherwise using, right? You're looking at the chat, you're looking at this, you're looking at, and, and not to mention your eyes are going to fall out of your head, right? Because you've been looking at the screen for seven hours. So, you know, really finding ways to connect with yourself um, was a theme that we really wanted to pull. And again, Brene Brown says it best, we can't practice compassion with other people if we can't treat ourselves kindly, right? The number of times that I took a coaching appointment and I had to get up and move around and say, okay, hey, I got to be my best self. I've got to have my best energy because this student doesn't know that my back hurts and that I've been hunched over looking at my computer all day, right? They don't care. Um, I want to be able to provide the best level of care to that student at that given point of time. And so I had to really learn along the way, as many of us have, um, what are some key ways? And I tell you, I learned from you in the survey of what you had to say. So definitely um, visit that bit.ly link um, where we've outlined all the things that you all mentioned. But some of the key uh, themes and, and items that we pulled from that, the permission to give yourself permission uh, to take breaks, to get up and move. You know, if you were on campus, you would have the time between meetings to walk to and from a meeting, right? So, you know, you have to get over that feeling of guilt of like, okay, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going for a walk down to the end of the street and back. 
but it's really important because you'd be getting those steps in, you'd be getting that physical movement. Um, a lot of you talked about the importance of physical movement, stretching, yoga, meditation, those things that we are neglecting in many ways um, of our because of our bodies, especially being so heavily remote. Um, but the same is true once we do end up back on campus fully and in person, we still have to be you know making sure that we're we're taking those breaks, taking those mental breaks. You know, a lot of you talked about the importance of organization and time management and, again, connection. What were you doing to connect with each other, with your family, because you're sharing these homes with uh, with other loved ones? And that physical space, what are you doing to set up your environment to be inviting? Um, I was so happy. Uh, Dean Johnson and I connected yesterday about this presentation, and we both said, you know what, we didn't touch our desks, our work desks for all of break and that felt great because now I came back and I feel a little bit more recharged um, than I would if I, if I had been, you know, tuning in from my work desk, right? So even that that recognition of your physical space and how important it is to, you know, cultivate a physical space both at home and on campus that's going to help you be as productive and, and happy in your work as you can be. Um, one person wrote that they put a post-it note right next to their computer and it said, remember you are changing lives, right? Because if you're running an asynchronous class or you're doing a lot of your programs and services as an administrative unit virtually, you're missing out on genuine human interpersonal communication face-to-face. -face. And a lot is lost between the screen and, and you. So, you know, making sure that you're reminding yourself of that mission of your your role at the institution. Every single one of us has a critical role to play in advancing student success and belonging. And, and that really dove into that mindset. A lot of you talked about things that you did to really reset your mindset, to keep things in perspective and to keep yourself fresh, keep learning, attend webinars and things like that. So I wanna open the virtual floor one more time here to see if there's anything that we haven't kind of talked about yet about uh, connecting with yourself, finding that motivation from within um, that we haven't talked about yet, or maybe that's, that's not represented on that, that bit.ly link. But does anyone have anything else that they would add as far as building that, uh, that motivation, staying in, in it uh, for this semester? Ashley. Hi, everybody. Happy New Year. So one of the things um, I, I try to join was a group of us started um, a small book club and it, it's very small right now and I'm really hoping that we can continue to expand it but it really does challenge me to read other things other than uh, research or work related texts and then it allows us to connect but also have some really meaningful conversations and talk about some really difficult subjects in a safe space um, so I really enjoyed that and I'm really looking forward to our next upcoming meeting and hopefully expanding that more with other staff members on campus I love that thank you so much Ashley but yeah, those, those, those ways that we can um, connect with others, finding time to read, I think these are really important things to keep our minds active and, and in it um, and motivated. So we're going to transition to our, our last phase of the presentation, and um, we're asking you to, to, to put in a little elbow grease right now. Um, and all we're asking for is five minutes of your time. And Dr. Johnson just posted a link in the chat, and I'm going to give you some context of this. So um, we wanted to do something different. Professional development is awesome. Learning about strategies, reading about strategies, hearing from your colleagues, 
that's great. Um, but how do we also encourage reflection on those ideas and commitment? So we've got two short activities. The first one is this letter to self. So you're going to click that link. We're going to set the time you're here um, and call everybody back. Let's call that at 149. If you'll come on back here, because we've got one more thing before we wrap up. Um, but if you'll click that link and take some time to reflect right now, what's one thing that you've learned today or thought about that you'd like to commit to? Um, perhaps it's posting a video in your in your online course. Perhaps it's uh, sending a, a, a daily text to a colleague, one colleague a day. What's one thing that you can commit to? And what you're going to do is reflect in there, hit submit, um, and we're going to send you a reminder of what you wrote um, in a few months. Um, when these ideas have worn off and you've forgotten about this professional development. So um, go ahead and take some time now. Um, and like I said, at 1.49, if you'll come back here, um, we just ask you to go with us on this, this little uh, internal self-reflection journey, okay? So we're at 149. We're cutting it close here, Aaron. Um, I will just say if you have not finished writing, that's okay. You can submit that later today, tonight, tomorrow. It doesn't matter. Um, keep that link open, though, and uh, that'll be a really great kind of reminder of what you uh, are thinking about committing to after this session. Dr. Johnson, what else have you got them doing today? The next part we'll say is super easy, but we think it's going to be meaningful and make you a part of a select um, group to begin with that we hope will catch on to the rest of our colleagues at the college. But we'd like for you to consider formatting your email signature. And in doing so, it'll be to promote the core values of the college, encourage connectivity among faculty, staff, and students, and then serve as a constant reminder to yourself. So for example, I'm choosing compassion from our strategic plan. So this year I've committed to displaying and learning more about how to exercise our college's core value of compassion. I hope you'll join me by choosing your own value from our strategic plan and sharing with me an idea of how you're going to commit to that value. So um, Alex has shared the email signature guide and a direct link to the email signature images that you can use in your signature to your email and actually Alex's email already has that signature attached to it. So if you've received any emails from Alex lately, then you've been able to see his signature tagline and his commitment as well. Um, and I do believe Alex is committed to courage right now. So um, this is a wonderful opportunity to keep you thinking about connection and the things that keep us connected as a college. And um, in moving out, Alex is also gonna share some resources with us. And we're going to finish up today by a two-word checkout. We thought it was equally important to check in with you. And now as you're exiting, if you will leave two words for us, and you can use our whiteboard um, or the chat feature, and just tell us your two words as you end the session today. And we hope that you'll be able to um, use the things that we've talked about today and the links and be able to connect more and more even in this virtual world. 
Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Johnson. And um, thank you all for, for uh, humoring us with, with both of those commitments, um, both the letter to self and then the email signature. Um, you know, the, the idea here is that if people ask you about your email signature, um, you can share it with them and share them that, that link and encourage them to update their uh, email signature as well. So um, appreciate y'all checking out with your, your two words of how you're feeling post-session. Uh, we appreciate the feedback and glad to see a lot of hopeful and inspired uh, colleagues here at the Central Carolina Community College campus. Um, really appreciate this opportunity and um, we'll, we'll hang on the line here for a little bit longer if anyone wants to ask any questions, but we also want to respect your time and realize some of y'all got to hop off of this session to another one. <laughs>